So who can tell me what series we're in? Stand by me. Great. Who remembers what Chris talked about last week? None of you. That's right. There was only like eight people here last week. Okay. Chris talked about the Holy Spirit and he talked about how the Holy Spirit stands by us and helps us in our lives. And then the week before that, he talked about the Bible and how the Bible stands by us and how the Bible is true and it's the word of God and all that fun stuff. And then the week before, I don't remember what he talked about the first week. Anyone? If you don't remember, it's fine. It was like three weeks ago. It was a long time. But anyone remember what Chris talked about the first week? Great. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how we can stand by God. What Chris has been talking about is how God stands by us. And now I'm going to give you guys some practical steps for how you can stand by God when the pressure of this world weighs on you. Because there's a lot of pressure in this world, right? There's pressure to be liked and accepted. There's pressure to not be that weird Christian kid right? I have this movie. It's a great movie. It's called Mean Girls. And there's this line in it where she's like, um, I'm not, she's talking about how she was homeschooled. And she's like, but I'm not like one of the weird religious homeschooled kids. And then it like breaks to these kids that have like long hair and wear really long skirts and, and they have like a really thick Southern accent. Like, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. So we experience a lot of pressure to not be the weird Christian kid. Like, why do you believe that? That's so, why are you not doing that? That's so weird. So we have pressure that we experience. We have pressure to go to parties and participate in things that aren't necessarily good for us. I remember going to a lot of sleepovers in middle school, and the girls were like, let's play truth or dare. And I was like, can we not? But I didn't want them to not like me, so I would play and inevitably end up doing really stupid things that, like, looking back on them, I'm like, why did I do that? Because I had all this pressure on me. There's pressure to not feel stupid. You don't believe in evolution. You don't believe in, so you're basically saying that you don't believe in science? No, I do believe in science, just not in the same way that you believe in science. But like, I'm sorry, you believe that there's like this floating like being in space that like has wings and wears a halo? Like, like, come on, this is the 21st century, get it together. No, that's not actually, I promise I'm not stupid. (laughs) There's a lot of pressure in this world. There's pressure, this word gets thrown around a lot. There's pressure to not be what people call a bigot, which is basically like, you don't believe what I believe, therefore you are, and then they throw this word out, or they'll say that you're really judgmental. So there's pressure to like agree with everyone, like you can't say anything wrong, heaven forbid I disagree with someone because then I'm judgmental, and I'm, I'm like a terrible person. And Christians are known for being judgmental and, and bigoted and hateful, and, and so there's pressure to not be, can't be that, don't want to be that. So when we live in this world, how do we not bow down to that pressure? How do we stand by God and say, no, I do believe this, and it's okay to believe this, and I love believing this, and I'm not weird, and it's okay? How do we do that? I think we do it by two two things, and it's not really like action steps. They're more concepts, okay? So the first one is that we stand by God by knowing where your identity really is. You have to know where your identity really is. There is so much pressure in this world. 
And part of that pressure means that they're going to try and tell you, the world is going to try and tell you who you are. They're going to try and define you and put you into little boxes. And one of those boxes might be that you play sports. How many of you play sports? Yeah? What sports do you play? Shout them out. Soccer. So wow, that's a lot of soccer. I was not expecting so much soccer. That's great. Yes? Baseball. Baseball. Awesome. Love baseball. You used to play soccer? Yeah? Lacrosse. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah? Basketball. I did basketball. Was it upward? Upward basketball? No? Never mind. Okay, cool. Yeah. Soccer. You already said soccer. Right. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, how many of you play Madden sports? And you're like, I play sports. I do Madden sports. Cool. I'm like, no, it's not real. It's just real life, real life sports. So the world is going to try and define you. I am a soccer player. I am a basketball player. And then when you're no longer a basketball player, who are you? What do you even do with yourselves? I am a baseball player. Maybe, maybe the world's going to try and define you by grades. I am a straight-A student. Any, any straight-A students in here? Okay, great. Good. Okay, I see you. All right. Okay. I was not, I was not that straight-A kid. I struggled. Listen, grades were hard for me, okay? I was like, if I got like a low B, I was like, yeah, I did it. I passed. It's so great. The world is going to try and convince you that your identity is I am a straight-A student. I am, I am a good student. Therefore, if I don't make good grades, I am not a good student. I am not smart. Or I don't make good grades, therefore I'm not a good student. I'm a bad student. I'm not smart. I'm stupid. Cool. The world is going to try and, and define you by the people that you hang out with. I am a popular kid. I hang out with the popular crew. Or I am not a popular kid. I don't hang out with the popular, kid, with the popular kids. Therefore, I am not cool. I'm a loser. I'm weird. I am. I am. Those two words that end up making only three letters pack a huge punch when we're talking about who we are. Because the world is putting pressure on you to define who you are. That's part of what middle school is, is learning about yourself and figuring out who you are. I am. Two simple words that can make or break you. So we have to know where our identity really is. Because I am not a football player or a soccer player. I play sports. That's a part of what I do. I am not a straight A student. I get straight A's. I am not a popular kid. I just happen to hang out with the popular kids. We need to make the things that the world tells us to find who we are not that anymore. We need to make them just simple things that we do. Because what I am is a child of God. If I have accepted Jesus into my life and I truly believe that he's the savior, then I am a child of God. I am loved by God. I am um, totally and completely in his care. He loves me. He has grace for me. I am an heir with Christ. I am a child of God. That is what I am. So we have to be careful. We have to know who we are because the world is trying to put pressure on you to tell you who you are. And you have to know that your identity is not in the things of the world, but in God and in Jesus. So that when the world is like, well, you're just a da 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 da, -da you can say, no, no, I'm standing by God because I know that I'm his. You have to know your identity is in God. 
The second thing that you have to know is you have to know the character of God. The character of God. Again, this world is going to put pressure on you to believe lies about who God is. And one of the biggest lies that I hear people talk about with God is what kind of God would let bad things happen to good people? God must not be a good God because bad things happen all of the time. See, and if I don't know God's character, then when people ask me that question, I'm just going to be like, you know what, you're right. Like, God must not be good. But when I know God's character, that he actually is good, that he's loving, that he's kind, that he's merciful and gracious, then when people try and tell me things that are lies about him, I don't have to believe them because I know God for myself. I have my own relationship with him. So how do we do that? How do we know God? How do we know our own identity? How do you get to know someone? Anyone? Yes. By talking to them? Yes, prayer. Okay, so we can get to know God through prayer. That's a great way to get to know God. Prayer, a lot of times we think that prayer is like, oh, Holy Father, like, please bless me. And, just, and you have to be on your knees, like, by your bed at night. And, and it's like this ritual that, like, you can't really understand or fathom because it's too, like, it's too high for you. That's not what prayer is. When I pray, I'm like, Lord, Lord Jesus, I need your help today. I am struggling. I'm riding that struggle bus hardcore. Like, please help me today. Like, when I'm talking to God, I'm talking to him like I'm talking to just anybody else. There are moments where I am like, like reverent and in awe of who God is praying. But for the most part, like when I'm praying to God, I'm just talking to him. One of the ways that I do this is I journal. I should have brought my journal today, darn. I journal. And so I start my journal. I write the date at the top. And then I write, dear God. And then I journal everything that I've been feeling. It's a great way for me to pray to God without getting distracted. Because let's be honest, how many of you have like started praying in your head? And you're like, Lord, please help me with this test today. And, and, then, and then you're suddenly like, did I study for that test? What's on that test? Let me go get my books for this test. And then you're suddenly really distracted. Or you're like, Lord, like, please don't let my friends be mad at me. And then you're like, I can't believe they said that. And then you start thinking about this other thing and suddenly you're not praying anymore. And so the thing that I love about journaling is that it helps you to actually focus on your prayers, which is great. So dear God, like, let me word vomit onto this page real quick. And then in your name, I pray like, amen. And then I sign my name at the bottom. It's a great way. How else do you get to know people? You read the Bible? That's, you read the Bible to get to know people? Oh, okay, you read about them. Okay, great, yeah. I feel like I know Taylor Swift pretty well. I'm just going to say. I read a lot about her. I feel like I have a pretty great grasp on her character. Just saying. Yeah, right? I haven't spent any time with her at all, but I'm just listening to what other people say about her. So I feel like, I feel like we're actually pretty great friends. Just saying. How else do you get to know people? There's like a key one that you guys are missing. By interacting with them, by spending time with them. Yeah, like I can read about Taylor Swift all day. It's great. It's awesome. And I feel like I do know a lot of things about Taylor Swift because of that. Her fa I don't know that. I don't know her favorite food. Okay, I clearly don't know Taylor Swift that well. It's fine. Anyways, by spending time with them. Okay? So we can spend time with God through prayer. We can also spend time with God through nature. I love being outside. And I love traveling. 
And I, I travel all over the world. Listen, I've been to Asia, I've been to Africa, South America, North America. Obviously, I live here, Europe. Like, I love to travel. And a lot of times people will look at me and be like, you are really extra. Why do you love traveling so much? Because God has literally created this entire world and everything in this world, like, like the landscape in Georgia is totally different than the landscape in Europe. And I get to go see how amazing and creative God is by going to see his creation. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I love it. So I can know God, like I know because I've seen God's creation that he's creative. Okay. I've never like, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about the fact that God is creative, like painting, drawing, all of that stuff. Like I think a lot of times we just think of him as like this, like stat, almost like Buddha maybe, like it's just a statue that people like, but he's not, he's like creative. It's awesome. We can also know God through worship. When we sing songs up here and you're talking to your friends or clapping off beat or not paying attention, you're basically telling God like, eh, I don't need to know you, I'm fine, I don't care. But when we sing songs that talk about the goodness of God like we just did, that lets us know that God is good. It reminds us of who God is so we get to know his character more. And it also reminds us of who we are. God is big and I'm small. And a lot of times I realize that most when I'm in worship. The last way, which Nolan answered, thank you so much, that we can know God is through reading the Bible. Here's the thing about the Bible. I don't know about you guys, but it's pretty intimidating, right? Like, it's kind of scary. Where do you even begin? Why are there so many books in it? It's one book, but there are books within the book. And then there's also chapters within each one of those books. And then each chapter has like 10,000 verses. So like, how do you even know where to start? It's so intimidating. It's so large. It's so, it's, it's so much. Like, so then we just don't end up reading it because it's too much. So we don't even try. How many of you have read Harry Potter? Harry Potter, Potter yeah. Yes. Oh man, she, she was like, Harry Potter, what, what, what? Yes, I love Harry Potter, listen. Okay, who knows what the longest book in Harry Potter is? Yeah. The Order of the Phoenix, that's right. The Order of the Phoenix. How, do you know how many pages are in that book? 870, wow, you, are you like the biggest Harry Potter fan of all time? No, you just know, are you just good with numbers? Okay, that's great. 870 pages are in that book. Okay, now, if you've read the whole series, combined, the whole series is, like, maybe twice as long as the Bible. Right? Because the Bible in and of itself is, like, uh, maybe, like, a few thousand pages, but, like, one Harry Potter book is almost a thousand pages. So, like, if you've read all of Harry Potter, you can read the Bible, some of you, all of your brains are like exploding right now. I love this. This is so great. Yes. And you know what? We don't, we don't question where to start when we read Harry Potter, do we? No, you start at the beginning. So you can do that with the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible is written in a different language and it's been translated. And so sometimes it can be hard to understand. And I get it. I totally get that. So one of the things that you have to do when reading the Bible is make sure that you get a translation that you actually understand. This was something that I struggled with. A lot of people kept telling me, you need to read the ESV translation. It's the closest to the original text. But I would read the ESV translation and be like, I don't, literally don't understand a single word that they just said. Like, why are they even talking like this? Or how many, people, how many people have heard of the King James Version? 
thine heart doth maketh. I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't. Like, why would I read that version? I don't understand it. So read a version of the Bible that you get. My personal, yeah, I love NIV. NIV is my favorite. Another great one that I really love is NLT. That's another awesome one. But the other thing that we can do when we are reading the Bible is we can filter it through specific questions. So today we're trying to learn how to know God's character, how to know God's character, and how to know our own identity. So when we read the Bible, we're going to ask two questions in order to do this. The first question is, what does this say about me? What does this say about me? What does this say about who I am? What does this say about my condition, about how I live my life? What does this say about me? And the second question is, what does this say about God? What does this say about God's character? What does this say about how God interacts with people? What does this say about who God is? Great. Okay, I'm going to read it. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not by works, so that no man can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, so the first thing that I'm going to do, the first question that I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask some questions about some words. So what does grace mean? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Getting something that you don't deserve. For it's by grace you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve to be saved. We are all sinners. We have all missed the point. We've all messed up. And because of that, like, we deserve, like, judgment, justice, right? So we don't deserve to be saved. But by grace, something that we don't deserve, we get saved. And then what does boast mean? Yeah. Yeah bragging exactly so it's by grace you've been saved and it's not from yourself it's a gift of God so that no one can brag about how awesome they are I'm so great I like fed 17 homeless people yesterday no sorry it's not by your works it's not by the things that you do that you're saved it's by something that you don't deserve which is Jesus great we all on the same page lovely all right so what does this say about me anyone yes Yeah, we are God's handiwork created to do good things. I don't know if you're sitting in this room today and you're like, man, I just can't get anything right. I'm just not good. I'm not a good person. In fact, I like know that I'm not good. There's just no good in me. False. We know from the Bible that your identity is in God. And because of that, you've been created to do good works, which means that you have the potential to do good. And you are God's handiwork. God doesn't make things on accident. That's not, he's like, oh no. Like even, even when parents are surprised by the fact that they're having kids, like we all know like people that are like, my parents had no idea that I was coming, oops. Like we've, we hear that joke all the time. Listen, God doesn't make mistakes. So to him, like your parents might've been surprised, but he wasn't because you were his handiwork. What else does it say about us? You're just here with all the answers. I love it. Yeah, so like we're not that great like because we can't save ourselves. So that's something else that we can know about ourselves. 
The world is going to try and convince you. They're going to put pressure on you to believe that you are the best person in the room. You need to look out for number one, which is me at anyone else's expense. But this says that I'm not that great because I wasn't able to save myself. Only God could do it. All right, the second question, what does this say about God? Yeah. He shows grace. God is gracious. Yeah. The world is going to try and put pressure on you to believe that God isn't a gracious God. He doesn't give things that aren't deserved because that's what grace means. It means getting something that you don't deserve. So the world's going to try and tell you that God doesn't give things that people don't deserve, that God's up there counting. How many of you have seen The Good Place, that TV show? Right? They talk about accounting a point system. And for every good thing that you do has a point value and every bad thing that you do has a point value. And so God is basically this like amazing point keeper. And so you only get to the good place by what you deserve. So wrong. So not true. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. God's not a point keeper. He graciously gives things that we don't deserve all the time. What else does this say about God? Yeah. It was a gift from him. So God is generous. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not giving gifts to people. I'm not like a huge gift giver. Like that's not my love language, right? Like we talk about people like they accept love from people when people spend time with them. Some people really like acts of service. Some people like getting gifts. Eh, I don't, I'm not really a gift giver. I'm not super generous. It's a fault. What can I say? I'm not perfect. But God is so generous because not only did we get what we didn't deserve, but we didn't have to do anything for it. He just gave it to us freely, like a gift. Isn't that awesome? What a generous God we serve. And we know that because we read the Bible. We get to know God through reading the Bible. What else? What does this say about God? Nolan, yeah. He's flawless. Yeah, it does. God's handiwork. He doesn't make things by mistake. He doesn't have flaws. He's awesome. I really like this one too. God prepared in advance for us to do. God's a planner. He prepares things in advance. When I'm planning an event, like when we're planning closer, we don't just wing it. We don't just get to closer and go, all right, guys, I guess we're going to play this game and maybe try this. And cool. Ambry's, Ambry's eyes are so big right now. She's like, no, we don't do that. No, we've been planning closer for weeks now. Weeks, okay? We've been throwing out game ideas, song ideas, message ideas. We've been planning closer for months in advance because we're planners. God is a planner. He has planned your life out already. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a plan for your life. He's a planner. Which is why when crazy things happen in our lives that surprise us, God's not surprised. He already knows. See how we did that? We literally just had two questions that we were asking of the Bible in our time that we just spent together with God. Who are we? And who is God? What does this say about me? What does this say about him? And through doing this, we got to know our own identity and we got to know the character of God. Isn't that awesome? 
The Bible doesn't have to be intimidating when you know what you're looking for. So, when the pressures of this world mount, when they get really high, when suddenly you feel like, like there's so much pressure to be the perfect person, to be the best sports player, to put your identity in things that don't really matter, when you feel the pressure of the world that forces you to think, is, wait, is God really good? Rest in these two things and you will be able to stand by God. You will be able to stand firm knowing who you are and who God is. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to know your character, for allowing us to be able to read scripture and know that you are creative, that you are thoughtful, that you're a planner, that you're gracious. Lord, thank you so much that you're generous. Thank you so much that we get to see who you are through the Bible, that we get to see who you are and that we get to know our own identity, that we get to know that we belong to you, that we are loved by you, and that that's something that the world can't take from us. Lord, I pray this week that as students are, that as these students are tempted to say, I am fill in the blank, that they would say, I am a child of God, that they would remember that they are not defined by the things of this world, that they are defined by you and what you say of them. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. There's another verse on there. It's Romans. I put that on there so that you can practice at home. So practice at home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did announcements already. So awesome. Well, squads are this Wednesday. Make sure that you come, and I'll see you guys next week. Have such a great day. Bye. Bye.